Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello there. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. Sections 94 to 97. We're almost to triple digits, y'all. Will we be next week? We don't know. We don't know. But we're getting there. Listen, my heart is <laughs> kind of out of breath a little bit right now. My heart is beating so fast because she just showed me the most terrifying video in all of the land. Um, everybody, you should know I have um, an irrational fear of alligators and crocodiles. Well, I guess it's not irrational. They are dinosaurs or whatever. But why? Where did it come from? I don't know. I, I just can't even... because you lived in Texas? Probably. I can't think about them. I can't talk about them. I can't... Like, they just... They really scare me deeply. Deeply. And I can't tell that story. <laughs> it is too long. About my jungle cruise, water cruise that I went on in Africa. Oh, I thought it was going to be in Disneyland. No. And I was going to be like, oh my God. I'm legitimately scared of those in Disneyland. I know that they're fake. But I can't sit on that side of the boat because that's how bad it is. It's true. Spiders, no problem. Snakes, no problem. Mice? No worries. But gators, I like check under my bed for them. We live in Utah. I know, but this story happened in Utah for the record. So now my bed here is not even safe. Um, So up here, wherever you live, we don't know. But in Utah, we had this story that came out in the news yesterday. Yesterday. Is that what it was? Yeah. Of, go, of this um, alligator handler. There was a um, birthday party or at something. At the zoo. Was it the zoo? No, it was not at the zoo. But it's okay. He's, he's zoo. just going to make flustered. up all the details. <laughs> and you're going to really watch the story and be like, this is what really happened. Yeah. But you go ahead and tell it however you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the gator that was 20 feet long, 900 pounds, oh my what God. it felt like when I watched the video. <laughs> Anyways, there was an accident with this handler with the alligator, and it grabbed her arm and started to do the death roll. I know all that terminology because I watch YouTube videos on alligator attacks. Maybe you should. That might be your problem. No, don't go to the places. No, it soothes me. Soothes me to figure out what I would do in situations. Pulls her in and starts to roll, and there's all these people at this birthday party watching and recording, Um, and they, this man who's a bystander at the birthday party, um, first yells for help. From, from whoever, and then jumps into the cage with this, into the water pit with this woman and the gator and gets we on top. We all want to know that man. I want, he's I my want hero. He's my most. to move next door to me. Whoever you are, please move next door to me. What, you wouldn't have any fears at all ever. If he just stayed by my side yes. everywhere I went. Yes. Um, jumps in on top of the back of this alligator and just pins it down and until it calms down and lets you go. And anyways... But you're missing the best no, part. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is why we're even telling the story. Besides <laughs> the fact to explain why I'm a little bit flustered at the beginning of this lesson. Um, our favorite line when you watch the video, because um, we'll link to it, is he is on the back of this alligator. The alligator has a lady's arm in his mouth. Jaws. In it, his jaws. She's laying in the water in front of the alligator. He's laying on top of the alligator. He's just holding the whole thing down. And then he says, 
um, what do I do next? <laughs> How can I help? Like, like, he's just on the gator. I love that he jumps in on the gator and then he's like, and then later Mary's like, is there anything else I should know? <laughs> like, if he moves again, like, what, yeah. what should I know about yeah. this? And you just, but, and he says to her too, now, how are you doing? You know, <laughs> he's just like, but you love that his first reaction in that moment is, how can I help? Yeah, well, first jump in and then be like, okay, let's figure this out, right? Let's figure yeah. out the situation. What do I need to know? How can I help? And what should I do next? You know? Yeah talks to the expert about it right and, and and help us figure that figure that out and we want that line to be kind of our theme line I guess for these sections right here because this is a, a, a spot in scripture where oh man the things that are like um, tumbling into this area this is where it's so helpful to know right what is happening in Kirtland and what is mm-hmm. happening in Independence Missouri to really appreciate and understand um, what's going on in, in these verses. So here's kind of what you need uh, to remember and have kind of as your background. Um, we have it up here on the journal, these dates that are here, that in December of 1832, they were commanded to build the Kirtland Temple. In September of 1832, they were commanded to build the Temple in Independence. If you look at your dates, you're now in June of 1833, a summer of 1833. So almost a year later, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to um, be a year. Right. Yeah. And that nothing's happened or started really. But we should talk about what is happening meantime during that year. Well. Because they're not just sitting on the porch sipping lemonade. Right. But maybe to some degree, there. Is, I mean, this is, let's just say this first. It's a new commandment. To build a temple. To build a temple, yeah. right? No one's ever really, I mean, if you've read the Old Testament, you have some concept of temples, I guess, in your mind. Um, and so there, there is kind of this. But first of all, I think the, the, there's problems coming. But the current problem is they are financially totally distressed, right? And you've got all of these new people moving in. And we can't even find housing for people. Yeah, just more, immigrants. Right. Everywhere. So different languages, different cultures. We've kind of talked about this before. Just new to the church, not even quite sure how things run or right. work. It's a or, baby church still. Yeah. And uh, in a new city, a new place, if you're in the independence section of it, you're literally on the edge of the wilderness <laughs> out there. Right. Right. This is like the outlaw section of the world. Um, Kirtland's here. So you've got all of those like complications going on. And then on top of that is this new command which is not a little command to build mm-hmm. this temple. And and it seems like they have kind of dragged their feet a little on it because of his reaction. I mean, because of the wording that's here in, in section 95, uh, as it starts to kind of say, the Lord actually calls it grievous. Now you might use that word differently than they used it back then. So, you know, it's grievous that you haven't. But maybe <laughs> not. Maybe he's not... Maybe it really does have that feeling of like of big, big deal yes. because of what God sees ahead of them, right? And what he's trying to keep them safe from and protect well, them from. And, and what's actually happening right then, you know, that they need protection from. Yeah, when we get into the sections for the Zion temple, when he's talking to them, you have to know that um, 
the big fights that are going to, and the big, like, rumble, <laughs> whatever, just the, like, the tar and feathering of Edward Partridge and, and the destruction of the printing press. You remember the story of the little girls who, who get mm -hmm. the pages of the Book of Commandments and, and run the into corn. the corn. That is all happening right during these sections. So all of that, like um, them having to sign and say, we will leave Jackson County by you know this and this date. Um, everything that's going to eventually end in the expulsion of expulsion. Yeah, that's it. Is that's that the right word? word? Okay. Right word. Um, from Missouri is all starting right here. Like it's all come to a head. And and, and in in the area in Kirtland, they have so much poverty. Poverty. That's the stories we keep hearing about um, Kirtland. They're bringing in so many people. They're trying to take care of so many people, and they will start this process eventually. And it causes so much debt for them that that's kind of the battle the Kirtland Saints are facing. The independent saints are facing um, the antagonism from their neighbors, which in essence is just simply this. Stop obeying the prophet or we will force you to. Like, stop obeying the revelations. Stop doing those things. And if you if you don't, we will force you to stop. And so... It's, it's just an interesting climate of a lot of sacrifice, but also a lot of division and contention and a lot of people questioning, do we, do we follow the commandment or do we not follow the commandment? Like what is the right thing to do right now? And I put at the top of mind the prayer, the need, the situation. There's going to be two calls in these chapters that are just clear, two clear calls. One we need to get you in the temple. That's that's like the number one thing. And number two, we've got to bring the word to all the world. So that's the underlying message of what the need is, is that I think the Lord's looking down and he's like, I, I need to get you in the temple and we've got to get the gospel out to all the world. That's the need. And it is intriguing to me that while the printing press is being destroyed, the word of the Lord still is finish that temple there Yeah. in independence. If you finish it, you know, um, there are these promised blessings that, that will come. Um, so that's the background to getting in. And, and let's talk about why we're going out of order. Because I think people might think that's interesting that the, um, the top of your index, we think, um, we think section 94 was... Um, May 6th in the old scriptures is your Yeah, six. the Joseph Smith papers actually helped us figure out that section 94 came later than section 95. When Orson Pratt put together the sections, it was just unclear and more documents have been found. So we're going to start in 95 because it happened um, sooner than the other. And this is interesting. We have this fill in the blank uh, on the journal, to the Kirtland Saints, blank, blank, blank. And what I wrote on mind when I was filling this out is to the Kirtland Saints <laughs> build a temple is which is true that is what the lord is saying in section 95 but i actually really liked what emily <laughs> wrote on her uh journal because on hers in the fill in the blank she says to the kirtland saints whom i love and i actually really like that even though both of these are true that there is a focus first on wait wait yes i have a commandment for you but let's emphasize first what my motivation for mm. for this commandment actually is Right. And it is um, love. And you'll see that again with the, the Zion saints that 
It's like, wait, the whole reason I'm, I have a, something bigger happening here. I'm not just making up um, arbitrary rules. Or, or things for you to do. Right. I yeah. have a purpose in mind. And um, my motivation is, is love. And there's those great first verses that we talked a little bit about last time. Remember this idea of verse 1 in section 95. Whom I love, I also chasten. Um, that their sins may be forgiven. For with chastisement, I prepare a way for their deliverance in all things out of temptation, and I have loved you. Wherefore, you must needs be chastened. And it's that interesting dichotomy that we talked about, right? That normally, when I taught seminary for all these years, a lot of times, if a teacher ever got after one of the students or something like that, the response always was, that teacher hates me. Mm. was always the response, you know, um, that they, and, and that's, well, that could be true, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but not with God. And we don't want to equate those two things together, right? Um, to understand where he's like, wait, if I see something really serious and really dangerous to you, then I am going to intervene, you know, and I'm going to chasten you and I'm going to try and steer you away from that thing because I know where it's going to lead mm -hmm. you to, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, you saw that, you see that right in the beginning of Genesis where the Lord comes and intervenes with Cain. And the line he uses is sin crouches at the door, you know? He's like, there is something waiting in the shadows, crouching to destroy you. And that's why I'm intervening in this situation. And remember, Cain gets mad. He's like, why are you so mad at me? <laughs> You know, yeah. and he's just like, oh, because I see what's going to happen, what could happen if this perpetuates, mm. if this keeps going, I see what can happen. And so he says, listen, I'm getting after you about building that temple because I know what being in that temple is going to protect you from. And I know what it's going to give you power to do. And I know uh, what it's going to give um, to, to your community, to your families. Like you've got to finish it. Yeah. You absolutely must. Yeah. And there's. Something so powerful about just being in there and what a unique situation it is to be studying these chapters right now because we've, we've gone a year without temples. We've gone a year without experiencing the protection and the blessing and the things that come from that place. And although we've carried our recommends and we've sat outside the walls and we've done um, family and temple history work, but there's something about actually going in to that place. And, and we'll talk about that in a minute, the blessings that come from there. But I think it's so important as we're reading these chapters to be like, okay, how does this apply to me right here today? And this call to be in the temple that was so important to them, what do we also learn about the call to be in the temple for us today? And and that work, I think, is so interesting. Well, let's just look at these verses right now. We That little cloud box where he's like, if you build this temple, um, look at some of the promises that are coming. Where he's like, why are you, someone might say like, why are you getting mad at us for not building that temple? And he's just like, well, because let me tell you what it's going to provide. Um, he says, in this place, uh, first, I love that line where he says, I'm going to perform my strange act in that verse four. Mm. I love that line so much where it's like, oh, it makes it's a that's a miracle word to me it's like a just wait until you see what i can do he says in this place i'm going to prepare my apostles 
to prune the vineyard for the last time. I'm going to ready my messengers for this great work and glory that they are a part of. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. If you go down to verse 16, there's there's more there where he just says, this is going to be a place, um, or where's that endow you with power line? Oh, um. oh, it's in verse 8. I didn't put it in the journal, but it's right there in verse 8. Yep. Um, build this house so that I can endow those whom I've chosen with power from on high. And then verse 16, I, I want to give you a place where you can off where you can offer up your fastings and your prayers and and your most holy desires. Oh, I love that unto one so me. much. You know, this is what I'm trying to create is is a place like this for you and that is why I am so urgent about you being in that place. And I think he would say the same for us today. He's like whatever you can do to keep those temples open uh, to to be able to go into them whatever there, we're seeing again mm-hmm. this idea of no cost is too high. And I love when you read in verse 3 where he talks about, um, you have sinned against me in this very grievous sin that ye have not considered the great commandment in all things, which my mind wants to go to the first and second great commandment, right. love God and love people. Same. And I love that he's using that language that this is also a great commandment that I have given unto you concerning the building of my house. And that... Um, for him, the call to have his people in the temple is is a great, right? It is a great commandment to get his people into his temples. And, and how are they going to respond? Like, what are they going to do? And these are a chapter, a group of chapters where you're going to see the word if frequently. And that's something you want to watch for as you're going through because... Um, there's going to be if-then consequences that are like, if you do this, then, and then there's going to be promises. But also, if you don't, then there will be consequences to that choice. And you love that he's going to give the commandment for how this is going to work and what the call is, but the people are going to choose how to respond according to what is happening. And we love... That if then both the Kirtland Saints and the Independent Saints are going to get that if. Um, and it's so important as you look at it um, to see what happens there. In 95, if you go to verse 10, is where it starts. And it says, it's my will you should build the house. Right? And, I, and I think we should bring up in 10 oh, yes. where he mentions that what is that grievous sin. It's not so much that you didn't build the temple yet. It's the reason why you didn't build the temple yet. And it's because all of the contentions that arose in the school of the prophets. That is what I'm most, I want you to finish that temple. But I'm concerned that you didn't finish it because you were all fighting with each other. You were so so busy fighting with each other that you missed this greater cause and work. Which was getting... In the temple. Right. And what in the world could they have even been fighting about that would match the magnitude of of, of, of the holy temple? Mm. Right? Yeah. Where he's just like, listen, you have got your eyes so closely on whatever you're fighting about <laughs> that you're missing. Like, we're trying to send forth people with the good news of God and the blessings of exaltation to this whole world. We're it right now. Yes. This is us. This is it. This is our responsibility to carry. And what are we fighting about? 
Yes. What are we fighting about? What could you possibly have been fighting about in verse 10? <laughs> you know, that was more important than, yes. wait, what about this other stuff, you know? Yep, and I love that he's like, listen, I, there was there were concerns, right? Valid concerns. There were finances. There were other things. Um, taking care of people, moving people in, trying to understand this new group of people. Like, the, you know, they were busy and they were in that work. But I love that he says to them, this is my will. I want you in my house. So if you keep my commandments, you will have power to build it. He tells them. Um, it's so interesting because when they get this commandment, it's not easy for them. And I think it's important to think about that and to actually remember that, that sometimes we will receive something from the prophet that is not easy. It's not comfortable for us. Um, and we want to we want to think about well, what is this? How am I going to respond? And and what am I going to do? And we talk a lot about can I receive my own personal revelation and and what's going to happen here? And I love what we learn from the saints because what... <laughs> I just keep thinking about that alligator thing. You know, where you're just like that was a really uncomfortable place for that man to be. <laughs> yes. You know, but it was like it was the right thing to do. Yes. Like he didn't. He thought to himself, like, I really don't want to jump into an alligator cage today. Yeah, and this could be dangerous for me. But if there's a higher cause, I'm going to do it. And the cause was bigger. It was a person on the line, right? And so it's like, okay, this is something I'm going to do. Yeah, that's so good. And I love what their response was, it tells us. Um, I'm reading out of this Making Sense of the Doctrine and Covenants. We'll link to this in the blog, which is going to be up and running by this lesson for everyone who's been looking for it. Um, it will be up and running by this lesson. So what happens is they call a conference to assemble in Kirtland to discuss how to actually keep that commandment. They're like, okay, let's get together and be like, how can I help? I love that that is kind of the response. It's like, okay, what should we do next? And um, they went to work and they drafted a letter um, inviting everybody to be part of how they were going to get this temple up and going and get people into the temple. And then they said this, unless we fulfill this command, namely to establish a house and prepare all things necessary and receive the instruction which the Lord designs we should receive, we may all despair of obtaining the great blessing that God had promised to the faithful of the church of Christ. Therefore, it is as important as our salvation that we obey. And I love that there was that moment where they were like, oh, what does this look like? And is this even reasonable? And does this work for me? Does this work for my family? And how much of a part of getting into the temple do I want to be involved in that they actually called a council together? And they were like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what this would look like and how would we respond and and actually even drafted a letter that was like, okay, this should be as important to us as our salvation. This getting into the temple should be that important. And that that's what they came to when they all met together. And then and then they leave from that moment with this um, how can I help mentality? Like, what can I do to enable this great work to take place? And um, you think about that man diving into that pool of water just so quickly. I mean, if you want to know what how can I help looks like, it is that man. But I love thinking about that man's determination and dedication to the cause when we talk about Hiram and how he responds 
in this moment. Yeah, because remember, no one started building it yet. And then the Lord comes in and he, and he zooms out for him. He's like, you guys, you've been bickering and fighting with each other, but there are these big causes. And, it, and he seems to catch on to it. And he's like, okay. And when this commandment comes, they go out to this wheat field where they're going to build the temple. And Hiram um, declared, I will strike the first blow for this house. And he takes his shovel and he starts digging. You guys, this is a shovel in the journal. It looks a lot like an arrow, but it really is a shovel. They, they just had more pointed shovels back then, so stop making fun of my shovels. But but I love that idea of, of okay, Hiram, I don't know how much he was involved in like the bickering and, and the contentions and losing sight of this. But once the Lord says, hey, you guys, there is something bigger we're trying to do here. Uh, it seems to me reading this that he was one of the first ones who was like okay then let's start digging and you love that he just gets a shovel yeah he's like all right should we start today yeah let me just start digging <laughs> yeah right here that's, uh, that's so awesome um you love too that with the command to build a temple also comes a pattern and i do love that that the lord is like listen i'm not just gonna put this out there that you guys should build a temple but i'm gonna actually give you solutions of how this is going to work and and you know what how about this how about it looks like this when you go into section 94 that's when you get to start seeing this pattern what is it going to look like and and how will it be set up and we have some things that we just love from this chapter but one of them is just starting at the very beginning in verse 1 of section 94 when he says just starting from the very foundation and beginning at this house in verse two, according to the pattern. Um, and then he starts saying to them, this is what's going to happen. There's, this is how the city is going to be set up. And in 94, we read about a temple that's going to be built. And then he talks about a house for the presidency where um, revelations will come in the work of the ministry of the presidency and also all things pertaining to the building up of the kingdom, right? Some are going to feel like revelation, but some are just going to be things that pertain to building the kingdom, to, to getting the missionaries out, to keeping uh, the temples open, to those kinds of things. That's going to be part of the work of the presidency is keeping the kingdom of God going. Um, actually put a little sticky note up on my fridge that I've been thinking about for the last three weeks, and I haven't had time to, to dive in and study it yet, but it's that phrase that we read that says, the kingdom is yours until I come. Do you know that verse in the scriptures where he says that? And the kingdom is yours until I come. And then I'm like, are we, are we doing good with the kingdom? <laughs> you know, like, how are we doing? Because it's ours until he comes. And, and if he were looking down right now, would he be like, okay, you guys are doing great. Or would he... Would we get this same thing where he's like, there's too much fighting among you. There's too much contention that you've got so much going on in the peripherals of what's happening. And, and like, we're in charge of the kingdom. Everybody, we're in charge of the kingdom. And what's the goal of the kingdom? It's to gather people so they can find Jesus and they can experience healing. And, and we can have what he's talking about in these temples, protection and power and added love and added light and does the kingdom look like that right now hmm. because the kingdom is ours yeah right now until he comes and um i used to tend i'm the oldest of all of our kids 
I used to tan when my mom and dad would go out of town. And the night before they would come home, I can remember staying up so late, just getting everything in order because I knew they were coming the next day. And there was just something about doing it right, you know, just mm. doing it right that I had done well in my assignment to, to protect the house and to take care of the people and, and to keep the order that was there. And so when they came back and then we just started over and I sometimes think to myself, man, if he came back right now, do you sometimes wonder if he'd be like, what, what have you done? You know? Yeah. What have you done? In the things that were most important. Yeah. And, and what are those things? And, and how can we help in taking care of the kingdom right now? Like, could you be better somewhere? Could I be better somewhere? Where could I be better right now at um, taking care of the kingdom? And I, I kind of love as he's going through that, that he's like, this, I'm giving you a temple because that's going to help you. I'm going to give you a house for the presidency because they can actually lead you how to take care of the kingdom. They, they can. And they're going to receive revelation, but they're going to also receive everybody, all things pertaining to the church and the kingdom. They're, they're going to tell us how to take care of the kingdom while it's under our charge. Um, then there's also going to be another house it talks about in verse 10 and it's going to be for the um, word of printing of the translation of my scriptures and i love that the pattern he sets out for that city at the very beginning there's three things that are going to run that city and it is going to be the temple it's going to be the house of the presidency and it's going to be the place where the scriptures are printed and in my mind i'm like okay those are the three most imperative things those are imperative to the running of what is happening and how am I doing at letting those three things be the most imperative things in the pattern of my life listening to the prophet in all things getting into the house of the Lord and being in my scriptures um, I feel like that's the charge that comes to us from 94 yeah and it and, and then you take it a step further and that word temple and template mm. or, or a word for pattern come from the same word where he says i'm going to show you a pattern in how to build this but the building of it also seems to be a pattern for like my way of of living yeah so there's verses in there that are kind of like six it says it shall be dedicated unto the lord from the foundation thereof i love the thought of going down to my roots to my heart and mm. saying is my heart dedicated to the Lord first and foremost? My hands might be sometimes and my words might be sometimes, but from the foundation of me, am I fully dedicated to the Lord? And I love that this line, according to the order of the priesthood. Now that phrase is a phrase that um, is short for what we find in later sections. Um, but this idea of being after the order of the Son of God. Right, and an order is like a, a group. You think of like an order of knights, mm -hmm. right, of the round table. I love that. Or, and that word even priesthood is similar to like neighborhood, right? This is an order of neighbors. It's a group of, of neighbors. So this idea of the order of the priesthood is this group of people that have a common cause, right? An order of knights would be to defend against the dragon or something, mm -hmm. right? So what's the order of these priests and priestesses? 
right? What is their, what is their cause that they are fighting for? And the cause of Zion is to take the love and the light and the healing of Jesus to all the nations and the blessings of exaltation, of peace, of light, of love to all the nations, right? And it says, is, is that your, you know, we don't just build a temple and just say, yay, it's built, mm-hmm. right? But it had a reason to be built. Yeah, there, you had to be in the temple. It was trying to get the people in right? because of so, what could happen. Right, so that you can be endowed with power to go out, mm. right? Come in so I can strengthen you to go out, yeah, you so know, good. for this great cause. So we just love phrases like that. Verse 7, wholly dedicated to the Lord. Verse 8, just focus on not allowing like the common and the unclean to come into your life so that my glory can be there in fuller measure. Remove some things so there's more space for my presence and my glory yeah, you know, you in love, you. You love that phrase wholly dedicated, not just a portion or a partial or, but I can, I'll be dedicated to this much, you know, I'll be in this much. I love that word holy, that he's like, I actually want your whole heart. Right. I want all of that consecration and dedication and holiness and, and every bit of you, that's what's going to allow you the greatest increase in love and light. Yeah. And then we like that verse 16 with how practical this is too. These other two houses are not to be built until I give you a commandment concerning them. That there will be a season for those. That I'm giving you the big full picture mm-hmm. right now, but we're going to go step by step, you know, through yeah. this. And they actually get together and receive personal revelation of like, okay, this is the end goal. How can we help to get there? And and they just build a little thing and all that other stuff is happening in this little building while they're focusing on the big building. And I love that that's how the Lord works, that he's like, okay, if you'll just come to me and be like, how can I help? If this is the end goal, the temple and getting the workout, if that's the end goal right now, and we go to him and say, how can I help? He's going to give us revelation in that regard. Here's how you could help with the temples right now. Here's how you could help make sure the missionaries are getting out right now. And and each of us is going to have a part to play, right? We're all going to be able to pick up a shovel and be like, okay, I could, our house could do this. This is how we could help right now. And you love that when you go into section 96, which we're just going to touch on for a second, but this is a um, revelation that came and John Johnson is mentioned in here. And you remember when we were on his porch and I love just every so often you see this little vignette of people who are going to help, right? Hiram was going to help. And there's this one verse in here where he says in verse six, and again, verily I say unto you, it is wisdom and expedient in me that my servant, John Johnson, whose offering I have accepted and whose prayers I have heard unto whom I have given a promise of eternal life inasmuch as he keeps my commandments from henceforth. And then he talks about, he's a descendant of Joseph, right? He's a partaker of the blessings of covenant Israel. That's who he reminds him. You, every promise I've ever made, you are a partaker of those um, promises. And it talks about that he's going to become a member of the order, right? He's going to sit around the nights of the round table 
and he's going to assist in bringing forth my word unto the children of men. And I love that it feels like there are two works happening at this time right now. One is that shovel and building the temple. And one is the people who are going to figure out how to get God's word out. And that becomes the call, right? That's the call of the kingdom. That's the gathering of the knights around the round table that he's like, okay, this is it. This is the cause right now. It's we've got to get into the temple and we've got to get the word out to as many people as we can. And that's still our cause. Yeah. That's still our cause. And I love the example of John Johnson, whose offering I have accepted and whose prayers I have heard. And it just, I just imagine John Johnson giving that prayer of how can I help? You know, what can I do? What should I do next? Yeah, and for him in particular, this is when he sells his whole farm. He sells that John Johnson farm where Joseph lived and all those great things happened to help just pay for it. You know, and Hiram's like, I can dig, and John's like, I can pay, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and sometimes that answer to how can I help is going to require sacrifice on our part. Great sacrifice for some, and tears, and and humility, we talked about earlier, I love in here where he talks about, um, several times in here, he talks about, even though there's so much contention and he's so upset with the demeanor of the saints at large, he, you also hear these little verses that says, I the Lord will show mercy unto the meek and to whoever I, whoever I will. And I love when he says this, many of you are truly humble in 97 verse one and are seeking diligently to learn wisdom and to find truth. And um, there was another place that I love too, where he's just, he's talking about, I see that you're trying to figure out how to do this, that you are fasting, that you are gathering together, that you are calling solemn assemblies. And I love that he's like, I'm, I'll watch you work this out, how to do this, but I won't take away the commandment that we've got to get you in the temple and we've got to get those missionaries out and, and you work amongst yourselves and and it is going to require us being holy and meek and humble and dedicated, holy, dedicated in order to follow um, the prophet now, just like it was for them then to follow the prophet. So you have in 97, then this is that section we were saying. It's almost, it's really, really similar to that section 95, but 95 was to the Kirtland saints to build a temple there and then independent saints, you know. Um, now he's talking to them. And this is what we're saying. If you look in the heading of section 97, all that persecution that we know those stories mm -hmm. so much of have started. And this is in Kirtland. Joseph is receiving this revelation in Kirtland, not knowing that that is going on and sending this over to them. And, and you know, they'll get it later. Um, but you see really, really similar language there right? To the Zion saints. Again, my fill in the blank said, build the temple. But Emily's, I really liked was you, my friends, right? Just like, just make sure you remember yeah, right like where this is. I love when he says yeah. that, that I'm giving this to you, my friends, even though everyone's in a little bit of trouble, right? He's <laughs> like, yeah. you're not, you're not doing your best right now with what I've given you, but you're still my friends. Yeah. And I still love you. And the consequences of that, plus the consequences of because we're going to find out later, spoiler alert, next lesson, you know, <laughs> that like the persecutions in Missouri were not all because of the, most of it was because of an internal problem and not so much because of the ruffians that they lived around, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the Lord still is coming in here and he's saying like, listen, 
these ifs that are here. If you obey my commandments, you, I will provide a way to escape. If not, you, you will be left to like the, the evil vices of pestilence and sword, your, your neighbors who are after you. But if you sin no more, these are that 25, 26, and 27 that I'm going through. If you sin no more, then none of these things will affect you anymore. So there is this call for an, an escape, you know, yeah. and, and for these great blessings you get in this little box, right? 13 through 16 of him saying like, you can have you can have this place where you can offer up your thanksgivings, a place of connection with me, a place of peace, a place of glory, a place where um, you can abide in my love, a place where you can see God. Like it's like all this people like the printing press is being destroyed, and God is saying like, oh, but I have an escape from all of this. Like I know this is really hard, but focus on this right now. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm going to go one more time to this book because I love what this talks about. Um, he goes through all these if-thens that you're going to see. 97 is full of if-thens. You're going to see them all the way through where he's going to talk about the future of Zion is in the hands of the Latter-day Saints, um, which makes me think of my sticky note on my fridge, you know, that the kingdom is in your hands until I come. And there we know what is going to happen. Zion is going to get moved out of its place. That's that's what's going to happen in the future. And it's so hard to think about that. Um, I love this at the very end right here. It says, as section 97 itself shows, the saints in Zion were not unified, not all committed to keeping their covenants. Thus, notwithstanding many were humble and faithful, Parley Pratt noted, the threatened judgment was poured out to the uttermost. The saints were driven from Zion and we still weep for her. And I just think it's so interesting to realize that sometimes God is going to give a commandment that would actually end in a blessing of protection and blessings that will allow his work to go forward and progress. And sometimes the saints are going to choose not to follow. We will accidentally choose not to heed. And how interesting it is that that God uh, will allow that sometimes to happen, that he's like, okay, well, um, then we'll, Zion will eventually be redeemed, but we'll go at your pace, right? We'll, we'll go at your pace. And um, the difference between um, that man, again, at the alligator, where he could have just sat there and watched and been like, I hope that works out for you. And they really should have put some more safety precautions there. And they really <laughs> should like have some more staff. Yes, you know, helping, watching. Or, and it's like, man, they just really... Yes. <laughs> that was that was foolish of her. Um, you know, he yes. could have said. Yeah, he could have. Yeah. And been like, this is their fault. It's their fault. It's not working. Um, but instead, in that moment, his response was so quick. It was so quick. Like, did he even think about any of those things? That they, they should have had more precautions. They should have had different setup of this. They should have... I can point out everything that's wrong with how they're doing this and why it looks like it does now. But his like holy devoted response to that moment was to dive into that situation and be like, how can I help? Right. Right. Salvation is on the line right, right now. Right. And, the, and, and even if he didn't know exactly what to do or how to do it, his response was just to jump in and be like, how what can do I, do I help next? Yeah. do this? And, you know, like we were talking about 
earlier, I want that man to live next door to me. I want to know that next door to me, if my house catches on fire, he's going to jump in and be like, what do I do next? You know, what do I do next? Or and he's going to bring his and bucket. And my son yeah. is joking. He's going to come in and be like, what do I do next? And don't we want to live by people who are like, how can I help? What do I do next? And we're going to end at the bottom of this because in 97, it's going to talk about I what I need is a Zion, a Zion people. What I need is a covenant person within reach who is the type of person that is going to dive into kingdom work and say, how can I help? And, and he's not going to say all the reasons why I this doesn't work for me right now or this isn't how I would choose to do it or you know, all of these, the, what that man could have said in that moment of, or you guys should have just set it up differently. Or if you were, if you had provided a different, whatever, you know, all the critiquing and everything. But I love that he's just like, okay, salvation is at stake. Right. I will just dive in right now and ask, how can I help? And you just love that moment when he looks at that lady and he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like on that thing. <laughs> that the, thing. The first the gainer. time that he's thought about it. Like it was all such a gut reaction. And then he looks up at her and he's like, what do I do next? Is there anything I should know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like probably a lot of things, but welcome into this situation. And I want to just think about what does a Zion person actually look like in these verses and and we just pulled out a couple you're going to find more but you love in 97 verse 8 where it just talks about um you're going to be it's going to be someone whose hearts are honest and broken and their spirit is contrite and i love this they are willing to observe their covenant by sacrifice mm. like that is that man everybody whoever that man is i hope somebody knows him you tell him we love that man so much. We love everything about whoever he is and just his soul. That is a good soul, but and willing it's, and to it's, observe that covenant by sacrifice. Well, it's interesting that like in both those situations, right? Here's this one where we're being chastised. Here's this one where, where we're being attacked. And this kind of heart, mm. when it's chastised or given a heart, something hard or something that's difficult to understand, or when something outside influence comes, the Lord is just like, oh, a heart that's honest and broken is going to respond to that differently. Mm. You know, where it's like, if my initial, this comes and my initial response is like, oh, but that situation or that, those words or, you know, or that command hit a heart that was already like mm -hmm. broken and contrite and said, okay, it's not a fighting heart. It's not like a yeah. defensive, defensive it's heart. It's a like, a, okay, then what can I do? Right? What yeah. can, how can I help? Yeah. And, and a, that, that, that it's that kind of heart. And maybe that line verse 21 mm. for a pure heart, right? Yeah. Of a person who's just like, has the cause, the bigger cause in mind. I know what the bigger cause is. Right. And that is where I'm focused. Yeah. Right. Is on that. And I love in verse 18 when it says she she shall spread herself and become very glorious. And just that thought of like sometimes we're so busy going inward of like, what do I want to do and how what's good I, for me in the situation? Me? What was good for that man in that situation? 
you know? Right. To and, not be on a gator. Yeah, but he spread himself. He was like, <laughs> I'm going to look outside of what is in this for me right now and say, I'm going to spread myself out. And I, I, I'm going to be for the cause of the good of everyone here. And then at the end... Um, these verses are so good. These verses are so good. And let me just tell this story as we're ending. I had a cute friend who I was assigned to many, many years ago as a visiting teacher when we were still visiting teachers, everyone. And I got my little card and I probably was 33. I'm just guessing. And my companion they gave me, my Relief Study present gave me, was 97 years old. And I can remember looking at the card and thinking, this is so interesting that, like, what do we have in common? But okay. And so I walked over to meet her. I, we had all just moved in. And I had no idea who she was. And she was in her front yard planting 100 yellow tulips. That's what she was doing. At 97, everyone. Her name was Berta. And you should know tulips are one of my favorite flowers because of what they represent symbolically in my life. And immediately I knew we were going to become fast friends. And we did. Uh, we became such good friends. For the next six years, we served together and we served each other and I learned so much from Berta and truly when I look back at my life forever for, for my entire life Verda will be one of the best friends God ever brought into my life and I had the opportunity um, to speak at her funeral and had been with her just before she passed away and I can remember she said to me this woman who just was amazing. Like, I can't even tell you the amazing things about her, but I will tell who you Who was this. pure in heart. Oh, who was just honest-hearted. Yep. Who was And all her life wasn't things. easy. Her life wasn't easy. And, and she struggled. But, oh, if you looked in her eyes, she had these blue, just piercing eyes. And you knew she knew God. You, without her even opening her mouth, you knew she knew God. And she just was wise. And I can remember um, before, right before she died, she said to me, I just feel like I didn't do enough. I just feel like there's probably more I could have done. And she said, the thing that scares me the most is when I get there, he won't be pleased with my effort. That's what I'm worried about. And I said to her, oh, Verda, he is going to be so pleased with you and what you've done you you do not even need to worry one more second about that and as I was preparing for her funeral I had the opportunity to go through and read through all of her journals of her life and I thought about some of our sweet experiences we had had and for some reason late that night as I was finishing my talk I turned to this chapter 97 and this is the last thing that I read at her funeral. Every time I read these verses, I just think about that woman and I think it's important for us to remember Zion is individuals. Zion is each person asking, how can I help? And Zion is recognizing we're in charge of the kingdom until he comes. And, and I just imagine that reunion when Berta got to heaven. And um, when I think of these two verses, nevertheless, let it be read this once to her ears, that I, the Lord, have accepted of her offering, and I will bless her with blessings, and multiply a multiplicity of blessings upon her, and upon her generations forever and ever. 
saith the Lord your God. Amen. And I just love the thought of that, of that thine is every one of us. It's all of us diving into that situation and saying, how can I help? And knowing that when it's all over, when he comes back in that moment, that he will look at each of us and say to us, you know what? Let me just say this once to your ears. I've accepted of your offering, whatever it is you can do now. And, and that offering is going to be a blessing, not just to you, but to your generations forever and ever that offering that how can I help? And, and maybe that's what we leave with today is just you look at the world we live in and it's a hard world right now. We're in the midst of um, what's happening in Haiti and Afghanistan. And um, you think of all the, the conversations that are happening in the division and the contention. And sometimes I look down and I'm like, oh, is the devil having a heyday right now? Because I feel like he might be and, and I'm living in it. And this is his playground. And someone said to me the other day, well, are you just going to give up the field? And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I won't. I'm not going to give up the field. Hmm. And there are places where we can do good everywhere. And some of those places we can actually dive in and, and help with. And some of the places we can't, they're too far away from where we are. We have a good friend who DM'd us last night who's on his way um, into Afghanistan today, flying in there and just reached out to us and said, could you send your prayers and good wishes for me? And sometimes that's all we can do is send our prayers and good wishes. And you may have people in Afghanistan and you may know people in Haiti and and you may have um, people that are struggling with so many of the conversations that are taking place right now. And sometimes we dive in and sometimes we pray. And I believe both are powerful and needed right now. And, and, I, and whatever that offering is, right? That's what I've accepted of her offering, whatever it was. But I think that was the key is that we have a chance to look at something a situation and we can say hold on let me get a bigger picture at what is important here and let me just give something to help mm -hmm. instead of analyzing what is wrong what's going bad who's doing it just like okay how can i help this greater bigger cause mm. and so. i just want to be a knight at the round table yeah i loved when you let the priests and the priestesses come i didn't <laughs> jesus did well, just Camelot so you know. didn't Okay, well, they had it wrong. That yeah. was the order of King Arthur. This I'm, is the order of the Son of God. And I love right? that. that there, there we all are at the table together. There's room for everybody. And the cause is Christ. Yeah. And what should we do? Right. What should we do next? Mm. So good. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.